0: it's another edition of the points in the paint podcast stadiums number one nba podcast for all of your things national basketball association nba playoffs i'm ben wittenstein and i am zach badger house zach we're getting into it first round kind of winding down we're getting yeah. towards uh, the end of, of a lot of these games we've already seen one series come to an end with the bucks and the heat and we're seeing a couple other series knocking on the door of being finished but there's a lot going on um, and we're going to be talking a lot about each series in this episode because there's some interesting things to hit on on a lot of them and even fans running of the court we can talk about that we can talk about Kyrie stomping on the Celtics logo <laughs> there's there is a lot to, to hit on and everything that's been going on in the NBA playoffs in the last week. And we appreciate everyone tuning in and, and staying by us and, and subscribing and giving us feedback. And wherever you may get this podcast, we'd love to hear from you um, as well. You can find us on Twitter at points paint. But we'll start. Story of the week. There's nothing really like huge that stood out because we'll talk about this fan issue in a little bit, Zach. But I think with everything going on and with all the games... What what are some big things that have stood out to you? Because there has just been so much, and if people haven't been paying super close attention to the playoffs, what, what what has been some big things that have stood out?
1: Big thing that stands out to me is that I like what Giannis said after they swept the Miami Heat. Like I think that was kind of big because you know they lost to them, and that's the same team that's been itching and scratching and crawling to get to the, just to the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, they got the back-to-back MVP, the Milwaukee Bucks, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And so to see him go out there and sweep a team that had just reached the NBA Finals the season before, and you know the Miami Heat, they weren't all the way healthy throughout the season, and you know, who knows how much the uh, commodity and, you know, the togetherness they really had, you know, going into the playoffs in terms of chemistry. And so when you look at that and alongside with how well the Bucks played and, you know, Giannis said, we're not going to play with our food. I like when he uh. said that because that just goes into, you know, the confidence level. And it's like I said before, the reverse psychology with him and how he said, well, I don't know if anybody you know, can beat Brooklyn, That he goes out, sweeps the Heat, and now they're itching and scratching, ready to play some more, and it looks like they may end up playing the Brooklyn Nets in the second round.
0: Yeah, that, I think that's a really interesting takeaway because especially as someone who has been trying to bet the NBA playoffs a lot, betting that Bucks Heat series was really interesting because from Bucks teams in the past, you'd think, okay, they're up 2-0, probably going to lose this game going into Miami. First game for the Heat at home in this playoff series. They're going to come out strong. Bucks aren't going to have anything to defend them with. Heat are probably going to win. That didn't happen. Game game four. All right, the Heat are going to get swept if they lose this game. They're, they have to win this game. And we've seen the Bucks play poorly in and out of the seasons. We've seen them play poorly in the playoffs sometimes, especially on the road. Heat are definitely going to win this game. And the Bucks won. And so I, I don't know if this was the series that anyone thought was going to be a sweep with the Bucks. But they are very clearly, Zach, a different playoff team. Not only a different team, but a different playoff team than we have seen in years past.
1: Definitely uh, a better team, a new look team. I like Bobby Portis coming off the bench. However, I got to say this, though. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo, they lost him in that series. And that's yes. going to be important. Uh, yes. he, he rebounds very well. Uh, he shoots the ball particularly well from three. So they're gonna they're gonna miss that. I know they have guys that'll be able to plug in and contribute. I think that'll give the opportunity for a guy like Jeff Teague, who's been in the playoffs before, to earn more minutes and be able to produce as well, alongside with a Brennan Forbes who's shot lights He's, out yeah. in that series. The new
0: Steph and, Curry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the man just shoots lights out. So, he, he, uh, what was he, three for three at some point? You said he hit three in a row. He hit three he in, one in one of the row. games. I, yeah. I, he was just going off.
1: And I believe, what, that was game two is where I had like seven threes. And I know game four, he had about six threes too. Yeah. But what's interesting in that series, I will say, is that how poorly Jimmy Butler played yeah. in every game, including game one, even though he made the shot to go to OT, he played horrible in every single game.
0: Yeah, and this was the guy that said he was like the most locked in of anyone and anytime he's ever been locked in and he played really poorly Mm -hmm. (laughs) he didn't play great defense offensively he was just a net neutral really I mean he didn't take away anything but he didn't add too much it was it was weird to see him play and and I mean not only him but we we throw him out there because he was the one that said you know I'm locked in I'm I'm ready for this series but bam out of bio he, his shooting was was non-existent in right. this game. He he was right. missing mid-range jumpers he usually hits. Um he wasn't playing as aggressive as we as we've usually seen. So they definitely had some offensive issues that maybe having Jake Crowder last year helped out a little bit with that. You see his importance in the offense in, and in Phoenix. And yeah, now the Crowders in Phoenix, and so maybe you saw that, and maybe how fluky their finals run was last year, and, and the whole thing with the bubble and being hey, in the bubble. The and,
1: Bucks said this ain't the bubble.
0: Yes, yeah, they, they <laughs> tweeted that out. This ain't the bubble, and I think they have a point. You know, we haven't seen Tyler Hero score 30 points in, in multiple playoff games, and and that's a big reason they needed his help in the bubble to be able to do things and advance to the finals. So it's very a, a, clearly a different team. Than what we saw in the bubble and the bucks took advantage and they did a great job in, in covering all their bases and, and not letting early deficits in in game four get away from them and they're just a different team they can hit three point shots but they can go inside and Giannis is a little smarter than he was last season and true holidays addition has been great and they're going to miss di vincenzo's defense for sure but they have the pieces to to move up and to still maintain the same level of play um, as we would expect for them from the Heat series into the Nets series. I just
1: hope going into the next series they don't fall in love too hard into the three point shot because that can be very devastating for the Milwaukee Bucks if they go out and they start off like 0 for seven or 0 for eight from three point line. Then they're they're it's not going to be too good. It's going to be a very detrimental to that team in during the game if they're shooting one or 2% from three-point line. Like, they can't have that going into a team with a juggernaut of offense, potentially in the Brooklyn Nets. I know I'm claiming the Nets as the winner already, and the series isn't <laughs> over. But when you just yeah. see that series, it's just like, yeah, it's over.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Bucs looked so good. And the other series that's, you know, not finished yet, but <laughs> more, more likely than not, as we record today on Tuesday, June 1st, it's probably going to be over is going to be the nets and the celtics and yeah i mean the Nets won a game and good we expected them to maybe win a game i don't know if people expected it to be a sweep yeah but the nets are probably going to win this series and and the celtics have just they've looked like how they looked all season where they look good in some points but then their defense is just not the defense from last year and tatum can't do it all by himself and they're missing jalen brown and Kembo's hurt now, and yep. Robert Williams is hurt. So it's a mix of injuries and just not playing up to where we expected them to play. And oh, by the way, playing an Nets team with three Hall of Famers in the starting <laughs> lineup that doesn't help.
1: It definitely doesn't help when you're going to be outdueled offensively by James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. Ooh. Like, is it's unfair? It's an unfair advantage. Um, I did like the fact that they did take one game. And I think that game will be a hardwood classic 20 years from now. I tweeted oh, that out. I wholeheartedly believe that that's going to be a hardwood classic. That game three between the Brooklyn Nets and uh, the Boston Celtics because the way that Jason Tatum played, and we're going to talk about that later on. But he just played so well. But I told someone even though Jason Tatum played well in that game and they won that game, and I was happy they even got a game in the series, Ben. The fact that they even got a game, I was I was happy about that because no Jalen yeah. Brown. I mean, what more can you do with that offensive juggernaut? But Tristan Thompson, he had about 19 points, 13 rebounds, and you never see a performance like no. that from him on the offensive end. So I thought that was important too for that game three win.
0: Yeah, you know, let's do we could do stat of the week for Jason Tatum because of how <laughs> how big of a performance that was. So what what's the stat of the week this week? Stat of the week
1: this week. 55 0. And he's done this more than once. And we've had Jason Tatum yeah. more than once for stat of the week because that's the type of offensive weapon he is and has been for the Boston Celtics. Tatum, man, 50 points, 16 of 30 shooting. I believe he was like 5 for 11 from the three point line. The way he got it done, it didn't matter who was in front of him. Kevin Durant was getting the business. Kyrie got a lot of that work, too. James Harden was trying to help. There was no answer for Jason Tatum offensively in Game 3 against the Brooklyn Nets.
0: No. And it shows the type of player he can be, right? I mean, he's a guy who can be an incredible player in this league. And I still think his potential is a top-five player in the NBA, um, not all time, but in like in the time that he is playing, I think he has yeah. the potential to be that for sure.
1: I agree with you, too. And that's what's so funny that you say that because he's so young, right?
0: Yeah, he, he's so young and he's been exhibiting an incredible offensive ability to be able to to realize when his team needs him and to, to have no issue scoring and no one can guard him at times. <laughs> But there are times this season, at least, where he has been too passive and and you look at him and you're like, Jason, you can do more. You can score. No one can stop you. And he he just doesn't do that sometimes. So maybe with an offseason, more more years of of experience under his belt, he'll be able to come in and and be that top 10 even player in the NBA for the next couple of years as he starts to actually enter his prime. All right. Next series we want to go to. What do we want to do? Sounds Lakers. I think that's probably a good series to, to hit on. It's <laughs> one of the more exciting ones. It's 2-2 as of this recording. Yep, it's even. They're playing tonight on Tuesday. They are. Anthony Davis is now doubtful, Pope. so probably not gonna play. I know Contavius Caldwell Pope also was having some injury issues. But with Chris Paul Zach coming back and seemingly healthier by the day, not hundred <laughs> percent, but he's maybe eighty-five. 90 Mm percent i really like this series for the suns pretty soon if if anthony davis is not going to be in the two times that he did not play well game one 13 Mm -hmm. points suns won by nine or nine or eight game four where he only played 20 minutes because he left the the game the dude is on the glass oh my god (laughs) i know the guy needs to stop getting hurt He, he gets hurt so often i'm not sure why i don't know if It's an issue that he's had in the past, or if he puts himself in bad situations. But when the Lakers don't have Anthony Davis, at least in this series against the Suns, whether he's not scoring or just not physically there, Suns win the game. The Suns win those games, so I'm I'm worried for the for the Lakers if they don't have Anthony Davis, and the Suns are getting back an 85% 95% healthy Chris Paul.
1: You know what? I'm putting all the weight. On that man with them broad shoulders, <laughs> standing at six foot eight, yep, two hundred and fifty plus pounds, and LeBron James. <laughs> that man, thirty six years of age, he's aging like fine wine. I'm gonna need him, <laughs> and Laker fans are gonna need him to have a Hall of Fame type game, a hardwood yes. classic sort of game. This, game fives are pivotal. Game fives oh. are like game <laughs> sevens because game whoever wins games five, what sixty percent plus percent of the time win the series so that's how important a game five is and there are on the road if i understand correctly it's going to be in phoenix so yep. lebron James is going to have to have a triple double 35 point type of night 40 plus you know he's going to have to step up on both ends
0: do you Stay think he could do that still 36 in the playoffs yeah, i'm i'm worried that i don't know if he has that in him hey you saw still. the shimmy Hey, you, you saw the shimmy.
1: He still got the confidence. He feel he still feels like they can't check him out there. Yeah, so he just I, needs I, to play like that for forty minutes.
0: That's the problem because <laughs> no one can no one can guard him when he is fully turned on and ready to ready to go going one hundred percent. But I don't know if he could do that for a full game because we've seen him even in the playoffs. He'll he'll take a few minutes off here and there, and that's just the way he plays, and that's the way he's able to continue to play into his forties if he has to. Is he'll take some possessions off here and there. And now without Anthony Davis. I don't know if he can do that in a game like this. And maybe if it's just for a game, he can go all out for a game. But, mm-hmm. man, I don't know. I, I don't trust LeBron to be able to do that anymore, to be honest. To, to go 48 minutes and absolutely dominate a game against a really good Suns team who's very good defensively, I don't know. And I might be proven wrong tonight. And if you're listening to this podcast tomorrow, the day after, <laughs> sound like an idiot. But I, I just don't know. I don't
1: trust him with that. Like, hey, it's, it's King James, man. You know, it DeAndre is. Aiden, he has been the X Factor in that series. You know, we talk about Chris Paul. He's played well. Uh, Cameron Payne. <laughs> I got to say it. I don't understand it. I, I know you don't. I know you don't. Because I know you sit there and you probably watch him get all these minutes and produce. I'm not going to say produce a lot, but he the fact that he even produces – For the Phoenix says, I know you feel some type of way.
0: (laughs) It's it's a mix of anger and confusion for him (laughs) and watching him on the Bulls being basically a G leaguer and just being (laughs) watching him take over these games and hitting threes and just being like, what, what, what is going on? How could he not do that with the Bulls? And then he goes. To two, one or two different teams goes back to the Suns, and now he's just an incredible role player starter. Like I, I don't in get it. In the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, in the playoffs. I don't understand. Pivotal minutes. <laughs> like it's fun. It's fun to see him play like that, no doubt. But it's I'm very confused. I'm very, very confused at that aspect of his game and how he was just able to turn it on, and now he can score. It's very weird. And we can't we
1: can't forget about, obviously, Devin Booker being the yep. you know, top leading scorer for the Phoenix Suns. And so obviously, if he continues to play well offensively, you know, their guy, you know, their captain, Chris Paul, what, 18 and nine, no turnovers. You know, that's huge. No turnovers in the playoffs. I think that's yeah. I think that was one of the key stats. In that game, you're not turning a ball over uh, in C- CP3, so
0: yeah, he's it's not he- doing. Um, he's not being a negative to the team, right? I mean, even if he's even if he's struggling, even if he's hurt, at least he's not turning it over. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see what happens with that series. I think it's it's certainly an interesting aspect, and I know the series favorite has gone up and down, up and down. Yeah, the Lakers at – minus 800 or something at one time. And, and now the Suns are the favorite for the series. It's just, wow. it's gone back and forth. It's gone back and forth. It's been really fun. And if we're going to talk about another fun series, Blazers nuggets, that, that has been an incredibly fun series to watch. And it's tough series for me to watch. Cause I don't really know who I want to win. I want both of these teams to advance. I want to see Jokic get to the finals. I want to see Dame get to the finals. And that's obviously not going to happen this year because they're playing each other, but it's two and two right now. It's definitely a series we can see probably go seven games. And I can see that going seven games because they do match up very well together and they know each other's weaknesses and they've played each other enough times, especially last season in the playoffs. Like these are teams that know each other. So most likely going seven. But it's been a battle. It's been a battle and and we've seen Dame struggle in his last game, but he has had great shooting nights early on in the series, and Jokic has been doing his thing, and they've clearly missed Jamal Murray, but it's been a fun series, Zach. It's been fun to watch. Hey, I got a
1: text from a friend, and he was like, "Who are these players for the Denver Nuggets?" And I said, "Listen, <laughs> I know you're talking about probably Monte Morris and the other backup guard. I don't want to oh, butcher. Like guy Campazzo. I don't want to. I didn't want to butcher his name, but he comes off the bench. <laughs> Love it. And gives the different Nuggets a whole new spark, a whole new pace to the offense. Man, he's flying up and down, getting guys involved. Obviously, Joker's playing MVP level. Then you got our boy, who was a most player, most improved player finalist. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got to say that because if we were wrong, he at least was a finalist.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: 100%. And he probably would have won if it wasn't for COVID and missing games, but that's neither here or there, especially with how Drew <laughs> Randall playing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Yeah. Looks like that was the wrong choice. And MPJ should have won that one. You know what I'm saying? We'll take the dub there.
1: <laughs> so with Michael Porter Jr. playing the way he's playing, he's played good. I'm still waiting on Aaron Gordon to kind of have an offensive night. But like you said, Lillards played well uh, relatively for the most part um, throughout this series, scoring over 30 throughout. Um, you want to see somebody defensively for the Blazers put a stop. That's impossible. You can't. They like, can't play I'm, defense. You know, they've missed Nurkic all these playoffs. You know, all these playoffs, they've missed him. And now they got him. He's healthy. And we've just been wanting to see someone put a stop yeah. to And it hasn't been Nurkic or anyone. It's not going to to
0: be Nurkits either. (laughs) No, it's not going to be Nurkits. It's not going to be Cantor. No one's going to stop it. no (laughs) one stopped them all season, let alone a team that is historically really bad on defense down low and for their point guards. But Jokic has been great. He's been fun to watch. He's been hitting it from outside too, which if you want to take a player prop over one and a half threes for Nikola Jokic, highly recommend doing that. It's been hitting the past couple of games. But it's been uh, it's been fun to watch, and I would again love both these teams to move on, go to the finals. But one of them has to. If I had to predict right now, Zach under my head, I, I would just say
1: to go seven. I ain't pick. I wanted-
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But I'll pick. I'm gonna say Portland is probably going to win the series. Oh, okay. If I, I, I feel had like to you get tr- say Denver. Yeah, I want Denver. I think I my heart wants Denver, but my pick head Jim. is saying Portland, and I think. You know, in Game 7, it's very hard to bet against Dame, and it's very hard to bet against Jokic, but I think the the loss of Jamal Murray is going to hurt him, and I think Dame would come through if it gets to Game 7, Dame and CJ. I just think, I mean, the the, the Trailblazers are a more fully built team at this moment. They're they're more healthy, and they've got more firepower offensively to take down the Nuggets, so I, I would guess that Portland wins this series, but I don't have a lot of confidence in that. And I would love to see either team win, but I could I could see Denver making a mess of things and, <laughs> and forcing Portland to, to in some bad defensive schemes and just pounding on the points.
1: I could see either team just coming out and just playing poorly defensively and just giving a game away, a game that they probably should have won where it's like the last three minutes and they give up a ten two run and they lose the game. I can see that happening on both sides for either team. So that's why I feel like as long as it goes seven, I really want... There's two series in the playoffs for the first round. I would really like to go seven. Mm-hmm. Lasers and the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. And this next one, the Atlanta Hawks <laughs> and the New York Knicks. If there was any other series that needs to
0: go seven games, it has to be the Hawks and the Knicks. You would think so, but... Man, with the way the Knicks are playing? Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> it's gross. Julius is playing poorly. Derek Rose is the only one who's playing well for that superstar. team. Superstar. Yeah, he's superstar steal. He's uh he's been playing really well. And talk about a pickup, mid season pickup for for the Knicks, as you said. I mean, that's a steal for them to get him from the Pistons and for what he's been able to do. I mean, that's been awesome for the Knicks, but can 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 he get some help? Can he can he get some help from Julius? Can he get hey. some help from RJ?
1: I was just going to tell you, somebody sent me a meme. I don't know if you've ever seen the Kevin Hart stand up where he's like, help me, <laughs> <laughs> help me. <laughs> because that's what they sent me this past weekend in regards to Derrick Rose. He does need some help, man.
0: It's ridiculous. And they're not giving him any help offensively. And what a time for Julius Randle to go cold. I mean, what, what a time. Wins most improved. Guy's <laughs> dominant all season long gets the playoffs and poop, he's gone. He's non-existent, doesn't do anything. Missing his shots, not as aggressive. I don't get it. I really don't.
1: Well, he's seen a lot of double teams that he's probably not comfortable with or have seen in the past. Uh, that's something that I did notice a lot, especially in uh, on the road, when, like game three and game four in Atlanta. They yeah. really brought the double team at him. I like the fact that you know, a lot of guys that didn't play as well in New York played obviously better at home in, in Atlanta with uh, John Collins and uh, Kevin Huter. Both of those guys stepped up. Uh, Lou Will provided some solid minutes off the bench as well. And so I did like what Atlanta did. But like you said, man, Julius Randle shooting like 15 like, percent.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I think he probably made like 15 field goals in four games.
0: <laughs> he's, he's not good. He's he's not good. He just has not been good. And on the other side, Trey Young has looked great. And past, his pass ah, <laughs> his mm-hmm. listen,
1: let's talk about it.
0: <laughs> I, I, uh, I've been surprised at the way Trey young has been playing and coming. Up. I, I did not think he had the playmaking ability in him yet. And maybe it's because I, I lack of watching him all season long, but he really has been not only a great scorer. We know he can score, but his playmaking ability with the, one of the best defenses in the league this season with the Knicks has been great. He's been dishing it to the corners for Bogdan and he's had help with Herter and he's had help with Clint Capella. And so he's, he's playing really, really well. He's been able to see through this Mm -hmm. next defense coached by the defensive mastermind of Tom Thibodeau. I mean, he's been doing great, a great job against a good defense, a good defensive coach, and he's really shown how valuable he is. And, you know, obviously it's that whole who's better Luca or Trey young thing. And they're Mm -hmm. always going to be there because they've been, (laughs) uh, they were traded on, on draft night, but I I you could say before like Luka obviously was the right choice and he and he's the better player but after a series like this we're seeing Trey Young just dominate and carry this team I mean he's not better than Luka but he's certainly closing the gap on the talent level between the two and in, in my mind in the way he's been able to play and and show up thank you <laughs> that's all i want to hear i just want to hear you say it and i
1: appreciate it i want to apologize so, but i <laughs> but I will say that
0: i will say i've been impressed by trey young and everything he's been doing he's been backing up the trash talk too because it would have been so easy to be oh, like, oh yeah you did say that too yeah right? he's trash talking in the garden <laughs> yeah you you better be ready to back that up game one and you're trash talking you have to be able to back that up and so he did that to his credit he's done it uh, i mean that it's You can't knock him for that, for being able to back up trash-talking since game one.
1: And, you know, league leader in assists, one of the league leaders in assists. So that's where the playmaking comes from. You know, about nine assists a game before the season was over. I think he finished, like, top three. So that part of his game has always been underrated. Even going back to Oklahoma, you know, being a, what, 27-point-per-game scorer. I think he averaged, like, eight or nine assists as well at Oklahoma as a Sooner. And so being able to carry that on to the next level, you know, he's very patient. He finds guys at the right time. He's always a play ahead right now in this series, it seems like, especially with Clint Capella. And John Collins uh, attacking the, attacking the basket, being rim runners for him. You know that those are making the easy plays for him. And then that that floater game. Oh my goodness! <laughs> if, he, if anybody That's plays two K, I need them to let me know if his uh his floater badge is Hall of Fame or not, because it has to be.
0: His floater mm-hmm. game is unstoppable right now. Yeah, he he's just he's looked like he's been in total command of the game, and you don't see that from a lot of guys. And there's a lot of guys you'll see and you'll watch him play and you'll be like, okay, these guys know exactly what's going on. They know exactly where to go. Defense isn't going to stop them and they're going to get to the basket or get their teammate to the basket. And that's what Trey Young has looked like this whole series. So, you know, I don't know exactly what the Knicks are going to have to do to make this game go seven. Cause they're going to have to win <laughs> the next two in a row. Yep. And I don't, that I, that just is not team possible to me unless Julius, shakes off whatever issues he's been having and he's able to come and, and score 30 points and go have a 30 and 10 night. Um, And Derek Rose is going to have himself a a 10, five and five night, something like there are 25 and five night. you know, they all need to play together at the same time, some buckets, two games in a row. So that's, I don't know. I don't know, man. That's, that's going to be difficult. I don't I think see they that win now. game. I think they win game five. I hope I so. they win
1: game five. I hope Back they the win garden. game five. And I think they do because it's in the garden. And I think they're like, they're going to be desperate. Like it's going to be a desperation game. It's in the garden. The fans are be desperate for another game. So they're going to bring all the energy they possibly can in MSG. So it'll be electrifying for game five for sure. In New York city.
0: It'll be fun. It'll be fun to see the MSG again. That's, see, that's the thing I'm most disappointed is if the Knicks lose this series, we're not going to see playoff atmosphere MSG. Yeah. But, uh, so hopefully they win that one and maybe they go game seven back in Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. At least might that. explode. does <laughs> just <laughs> 100%. Uh, Clippers-Mavs. Zach, I, I have no idea what's oh, going on with that series. Yeah. Right yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that, yes, you do. Yes, you do. I do. Is it – uh,
1: they said it, they said the neck strain. It's bothering his left arm. So I mean that's KP's not playing well. It, it's out there. It's written on the wall a little bit. At least on Dallas's on Dallas end.
0: Yeah, I, that's fair. And this is a really unique series, right? Where we've seen both teams win two games on the road, yep. and neither team has won at home yet. And the the Mavs came out hot, and, and they came out shooting hot. And the Clippers had no answer. And then the Clippers game three and four back to where they were doing great defense keeping the Mavs shooting down a bit, Kawhi doing Kawhi stuff. So again, you know, before, when they were up 2-0, you'd ask me who'd win the series. I would have said the Mavs, like the Mavs look great. Clippers look bad. This is another instance of playoff P and and the Clippers fading down the stretch in the playoffs. But now the Clippers look like they're back to relative normal. Eh,
1: I guess this is how I look at it. (laughs) You you don't buy
0: that. Still ain't
1: buying it. (laughs) Like all all due respect to Rob Parker. I am. I'm not buying the Clippers. I, I'm still not sold yet. Like I'm just. Ne- I don't know what it's gonna take. Um. I will say this though. Kawhi Leonard has been in his bag individually throughout this series. Offensively. Oh my goodness. Like he just goes out there and just looks like a robot. Remember we were watching got- at your place. It's just like he just comes down, scores, scores. Like, but someone has to say, I got Luca. Like I got seven seven. Like someone at some point has to say that. I think they tried to do a better job at that with adding Nicholas Batoon in the lineup for game four. I think that made a huge difference defensively for the Clippers. I think that allowed them to switch more than what they more often than they probably could with Zubak in the lineup.
0: Yeah. I think you're right about that. And the defensive adjustments have been good. And me and you were watching, and I was hating, <laughs> hating on Zubac. He he was doing nothing. He was playing terribly. He wasn't scoring, wasn't playing defense. Just no use being out there. And he's been better, and the team's been better around him. But Kawhi has been so fun to watch. And I keep telling people, too, Zach, and, and it's hard for me to, like, prove this or show people without people watching Kawhi for <laughs> an extended amount of time when i say he's one of my favorite players to watch in the league by far just because he is unbelievably automatic from mid-range he's a smart player who knows how to get his shots he's extremely efficient he takes great shots i mean his efficiency is unbelievable and he's just an incredibly fun smooth player like you said he's a robot in a very (laughs) unrobotic way where the way he plays is just like smooth it's incredibly smooth. It's just one motion, shoot, make, rebound, make. Like, he, he does go it all. No facial expressions, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's the robotic part, is he just has no expressions while doing it. But he is, he is incredibly fun to watch. He is, to a certain
1: extent. The simple fact that he can go out there, get a bucket at any given point because of how efficient he has been, like, that's the that's the fun part about it. The boring part is him. It's within itself. Like, all right, yeah. Could you please let that man know you gave him a bucket? Like, look <laughs> at him something like give me something give me some juice and he's gotten I'm not I'm not I won't use the word better but he's done a lot more of that in terms of just being more vocal on the court like just showing a little more juice like he like he dunks when he dunks now he doesn't just run back you might hear a little something out of him you know as he's getting back on defense now more than what you used to uh before he arrived in LA and even in Toronto
0: yeah. A hundred percent. So he's, he's fun. I recommend it. If you haven't seen Kawhi play in a full game when he's on, he is, he's on, you can't stop him. <laughs> no one can stop him. He can get to the basket. He can shoot from wherever it's, I mean, his made his, his mid range jump shots, absolute art. hundred percent. I, I recommend it to anyone who, who likes the game of basketball. Um, We've got Philly and Washington, which we, at one point, at least I expected it to be a sweep. Washington came back and won a game. So now they're sitting at three and one game going back to Philly. Yep. Joel Embiid leaving that game certainly hurt. Hurt Philadelphia and Washington took advantage. And that's the type of thing with Washington where you expect them to take advantage of, of a situation like that because without Joel Embiid, I love the matchup between the two teams a lot more. I think they're a lot more even. And obviously you take away a potential Hall of Fame player in Joel Embiid and the teams become more even with Washington lagging behind. But I, I almost would give Washington a slight advantage in teams that I like to to beat the 76ers because if you have Westbrook playing well and you have Beal playing well, that's hard. That's a, a hard duo to beat. I'm
1: only laughing because like I'm thinking – of, like, the talent drop-off. <laughs> oh, yeah, after that, 100 like, Without Like, without Embiid, like, the talent drop-off is huge because you do not get enough offense from Ben Simmons. Like, you do not get enough offense from him. He can't shoot yes, free
0: throws. He you can't shoot free throws. That's, they that's hack a why Simmons. they lost the game. <laughs> yeah, they get a Simmons. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. But also, I want to bring this up. Is being reported. This was 20 minutes ago, so breaking news while we're recording. Joel Embiid is doubtful for Game 5. So, oh, yeah, I expected that, too. Yeah, so he, he's apparently having an MRI on his right knee today, going to be evaluated, but he's doubtful. So he's probably not going to play. Washington could make it 3-2. I could so easily I, see Washington 3-2. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I can definitely see them winning Game 5 after the Embiid injury. However... It's just that Philly just plays so well at home. Yeah. Like they don't really lose too often at home. And so when you look at it from that perspective, you know, you got the Seths and the Danny Greens of the world, and even Tobias Harris can catch and shoot a little bit. And so when you have, when you're at home and you have your shooters at, at the crib, you know, that could kind of boost their confidence. Then you got the Philly crowd, of course, they'll be in it. So the shooting of Philly being at home could lead them to a victory but that's like the only thing I could really see the reason for them winning this game. Defensively, I don't know cuz you still got to stop Russ and you still have to stop uh, Bradley Bradley Bill. Russ shot like 3 of 19, still end up with like 19 points. How I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> triple double too. Triple double, triple double. So like, you know, when you have situations like that, you got to find a way to be able to stop their guys. Oh, but Bertans, I believe, is going to be
0: out, and that's going to hurt the Wizards. So we'll see what happens. So uh, that's the interesting thing, too, right? Because I think, you know, you, you can talk up Westbrook and you can talk up Beal and, and for how good they are. But they need Bertans to play well because if he's not shooting well, it's just a whole different dynamic for that team. He, he is weirdly very important for the way that offense moves because it cre- he can create space because it allows Russbrook to attack. It allows Beal to attack. And then they could kick it out, and it, it keeps the defense honest. But if he's not shooting well, defense can can collapse a lot easier on a Westbrook yeah. drive or a Beal drive. So he, he is important uh, to that team. So hopefully we see him play. It'll make the game a lot more interesting. It'll make the series a lot more interesting. And we, we may see a Wizards game five win. <laughs> Certainly possible.
1: Maybe, maybe.
0: Maybe. So I think we hit on all the series. We got the Jazz and Grizzlies this is the last we one did. we want to hit on um and that series there are points in that series where i go oh the grizzlies could not only make this a game but they could make the series actually uh, a lot more fun but the jazz ultimately are such a good team with donovan mitchell when fully healthy that they just dominate a younger memphis grizzlies team unfortunately but you got to put it the grizzlies they give up good fights they don't stop and, and they make and they make jazz fans nervous at times and and their ability to come back and keep it close late in the game.
1: I just, you know, I don't want to see the Jazz win. Like, you like you know that. Like, you know I don't want to see the Jazz win this series. But they just shoot so well. Like, yesterday, I don't know the percentage, but in the closing minutes of that game, I th- what, I think Joe, no, if it wasn't Joe Ingles, it was by Janavich hit a three. Mike Conley might have made two threes. I think Donovan Mitchell made a jump shot. And it just, I think they wanted like a 10-2 run to put the game away. And I was just so upset because it's like, when you watch the Memphis Grizzlies, the number one thing you see as an issue is that they can't shoot. Like Desmond Bain, I think he's the best rookie three-point shooter in the NBA right now. So he can Mm -hmm. shoot the ball decently. Uh, yep. Dylan Brooks, he he's giving them as much as they can. He got to yeah. do all this work on defense, and he's trying to provide as much offense as he possibly can. Uh, you want Jaron Jackson obviously to play better. John Moran's gonna do what he can, you know, as the young buck, you know, the young pup in this playoffs, in this yep. playoff series. So when all when you have all of that, you just you just want you want the series to be prolonged, but you just don't know if it's gonna happen because of the defense.
0: Of Rudy Gobert.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'll say it. Hey, if I have to say something about Trey Young, you got to say something (laughs) about Rudy Gobert now.
1: (laughs) Because Rudy Gobert, like, he does help defensively in terms of being able to come over help side and just contest or block shots. Seeing him do that time and time again in the second half for that game four, like, he does his job. He does it well. I don't know if I want to still give him defensive player of the year, but he definitely does (sighs) his job. On the defensive side of the ball for the Utah Jazz.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he's just he's an important piece of that team, and, and he's a big reason if they do make a deep playoff push, he's going to be a big reason behind that. Um, and the Jazz, I mean, I could see Memphis maybe winning one more game, but it's it's hard. I I think the Jazz are going to finish this series up. It's they're going to win four to one, and they're going to end up playing the winner of that uh, Clippers Dallas series. Gentlemen sweep, gentlemen sweep. Gentlemen sweep, exactly. All right. NBA Twitter talk. What it do, baby? Yeah. Lots going on on NBA Twitter because, Zach, I think uh, fans have been going crazy. They haven't losing been in the arena. arenas. They're <laughs> losing their mind. They haven't, they haven't been in arenas in a while. So I, I don't know if some of them forgot how to act in these arenas or how to how to be normal human beings, but
1: lost their home training.
0: Yeah, they're throwing popcorn on Russell Westbrook. They're throwing water bottles at Kyrie. They're spitting on Trey Young. Uh, they're trying to run up and like touch the hoop and touch the net at one of the other games where he got tackled in front of Dwight Howard at the <laughs> 76ers game. Like I, I don't know what's going on. I am confused, concerned. I, I don't know. I, why are the fans doing this? You know what I said? <laughs> I tweeted out what
1: was the incident that really put the nail in the coffin for me? I think it was the was the it was the water bottle. No, the popcorn. The popcorn the popcorn scenario incident with West one. Westbrook. That was incident two because Oh, cause because yeah, the spitting was the Trey Young was first yeah, yeah. Was Trey Young. So that was the nail in the coffin for me because it made me think, Oh, the this just is only gonna just keep justifying malice in the palace. <laughs> That's what that's what this is going to do. It's going to ju- it's going to make that look justifiable. Yeah. Which it is in a sense. It kind of was. Like you don't throw beer on a human being and not expect like consequences like regardless of who they are, professional, amateur, like you don't just you don't do that. And that's what transpired Malice at the Palace that led that led to that incident. And so like one of these players <laughs> that's all it's going to take is one of these players to lose it. Like Bradley Bill said, I don't mean to bring out my hood slang, but these hands work. (laughs) So fans need to be a little more careful on, you know, what they're doing out there when they're viewing these games. It's like KD said, it's not a circus. They're not animals. Mm -hmm. You know, they're human beings. You come to watch a game, your team's losing. It sucks for your team to lose. I know. But, you know, you got to go home and you got to deal with that. You know, don't take it out on uh, the players here. You know, they're just doing their job
0: yeah i saw this on twitter somewhere and i'm not 100 percent sure i think it may have been big cap but they said every nba player should get to fight one fan every season that's it one fan they get a pass get to fight one person every single year (laughs) and this incident really makes uh makes a lot of sense for for in in introducing that rule to the nba i think that would be very smart i mean these players because what are you going to do you're going to throw objects you are throw a water bottle at a player and they're gonna rush up and defend themselves and right. go after you. <laughs> Six foot seven, two hundred and twenty-five <laughs> like, pound grown man. <laughs> Come on, yeah, well, what are you doing here? It's it's ridiculous that that happened. And then people were like, "Oh, Kyrie, he stomped on the he stepped on the Celtics logo, oh, man. Logo. Ooh, oh. everyone stomps on the Celtics logo. They run back and forth on it every game. It's uh, like, a, uh, uh, like it's not a big deal." <laughs> like did he did he did he do it on purpose? Sure, but it's it's paint. It's it's hardwood. It's paint. It's not a real thing. It's it's not an issue. This isn't. That's not. You're not like oh he steps on he steps on the logo. Let me throw a water bottle at his face. What do Bruins play? They play the same place.
1: Because if that if that's the case, that means they just take the hardwood off and throw it. Okay. Okay. Just I'm just making
0: sure. I'm just I'm just making sure. <laughs> oh, no, Yeah. They're gonna have to take that. It doesn't stay there forever. They what? gotta take it off for the for the ice it's you Just
1: know. paint.
0: <laughs> it's just paint. It's he stepped on some paint. Calm, calm down here. This isn't <laughs> this isn't stepping on some like old lady. He, he's stepping on an inanimate object of paint. Not an excuse to start throwing water bottles at Kyrie. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to these fans. I don't know if we're going to see more incidents of people running on the court or throwing things. I hope we don't. But they asked Dame about it. And Dame had what I thought was a good answer, which is like I, like, I don't know how you stop it. security guards not going to jump 20 feet in the air to stop a (laughs) water bottle being thrown on the court you're not going to be able to stop someone from spitting on these players like i I just there's no realistic way to stop it other than hoping the people that go to these games are decent human beings who know not to spit at people or throw water bottles or popcorn on people i'm telling you hey listen you spit on some that's a crime you spit on somebody that's like that's attempted murder that's a crime (laughs) and you're gonna get punched for it and no one's gonna feel bad for you. Nope. <laughs> uh, Clint Capella adding fuel to the fire in the next series. What did he do? Oh, you ain't seen that. I maybe seen a little bit, but I'm asking okay. for the sake of the podcast. What okay. Did he do?
1: Trash talk. Yeah, he's trash talking the New York Knicks, saying that you know they're coming out playing hard. You know the rugged, rough, tough. You know trying to play bully ball. And, and Clint Capella's like, we can do that too, and we can trash talk too. We can do we can do all that energy and keep that same energy you guys are doing, except we're gonna win. And he's saying all that energy going into Game Five. Mm-hmm. He's bringing that energy into Game Five in the Garden, Ben. He's bringing that type of noise right it. there. They gonna boo Trey Young.
0: They gonna boo the whole night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's tough, and he still plays well even when they're booing him. That's that's impressive. Um, Draymond always speaking his mind says Brooklyn is going to be coming out of the East. He loves he loves the Brooklyn Nets, I guess.
1: Well, I think uh, they asked him about it yesterday during uh, NBA on TNT. They asked him about it, and it was like they, they asked. This is the question that they asked him. So they asked him what surprising or shocking thing will happen in the playoffs. And his answer was something that was the complete opposite of shocking or surprising sure. for the playoffs, that Brooklyn Nets coming out of the east. And so they look at him and they say, You sure that's gonna be surprising? And then Chuck goes, Well, well, no. Ernie goes, Well, who's gonna stop who's gonna stop the Brooklyn Nets? Chuck says the Milwaukee Bucks. Draymond goes, Good luck, Chuck. <laughs> so it looks clear-cut that the Brooklyn Nets probably will come out unless someone goes down. You hope not, but you know we'll see what happens. But other than that, it does look like that.
0: Yeah, I'm all into have Draymond be a uh, analyst or just a talking head on on TV. You he to seems for? like he. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and he's tweeting stuff out, which is interesting and thought-provoking and definitely is going to get people riled up for whatever he tweets because he has very strong opinions about everything in the NBA. So <laughs> I'm I'm very on board to see Draymond either like join that show uh, with, with Chuck and, and Shaq. I think that would be interesting if they put him on maybe once a week or something like that if he's not playing, but he's definitely going to be an analyst in, oh, in the yeah, future and for sure. sure
1: intelligent, uh, vocal, like you said, very vocal. He's st- uh, uh, outspoken on his opinions. You know, he's, he stands strong, 10 toes on what he says, says what he means, means what yeah. he says, you know, Draymond Green, Dede from the crib, second, all, you know, second, all pride, you know, all that good stuff, yeah. you know, shout out to the sack. So, you know, when you have that type of energy, when you come from that place that, you know, you bring that, that's what the type of energy you bring. So shout out to Draymond Green, shout out to Dede for, um, saying what he said in regards to the Brooklyn Nets, you know, but that's nothing surprising. True, (laughs) that's true. So, that will conclude, buddy. This edition of the Points in the Paint podcast. We appreciate all the listeners. We want you to tell your friends and tell your friends' friends and tell (laughs) their friends to listen to the Points in the Paint podcast, subscribe to the Points in the Paint podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Points Paint. Like us on Facebook as well. Same handle, Points Paint. You can also follow Shams for all your news around the association on Twitter as well. Make sure you follow Stadium and Eddie and Felder is bringing that trash and treasure. Yeah, they are
0: Thursday,
1: and we got a podcast. What? Which which episode are you guys on now? Second, um, one, two? I think we're
0: on five. Five. We're on five. Yeah, we're on twice a week. Yeah, twice so a been, week. Oh, I thought yeah. it was only
1: once a week. Look at that, bringing that, bringing yeah. all the content to make you some money. Stadium's totally. new podcast betting podcast. Tell the folks what it is.
0: Uh yeah, sharp lessons, rate, subscribe, review. I think I went four and two on my best bets over the weekend. I so P tell the you, people. There we go. We can we can start making some money. And and I know Nate and, and Rizzo have great bets as well. They're good betters. Better than I am, even. So you you should listen <laughs> to them and, and give their best bets when they give their best bets. So episodes are out now. Go on a whole old binge, stadium podcast. Points in the paint, sharp lessons. Oh, I love them trash and treasure that's the best way to spend the day right there
1: absolutely and that'll conclude this edition of points in a paint you hear from us next week round two